0: Welcome to the Multifamily by The Slice Podcasts with your hosts, Dre Evans and Ike Eke. On this show, you'll gain unique perspectives from investors and professionals on all aspects of the apartment investing space. Do you want to achieve legacy wealth and live a life of financial freedom? Well, all it takes is that first slice of wisdom to get you started on the journey to building your empire. Please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and pass it along to a friend that can benefit from a slice of multifamily knowledge. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Multifamily by the Slice. Today, we had a fantastic guest on the show by the name of Julius Thomas. For those of you that are not NFL fans, he played in the NFL for seven years and he won a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. We discussed that a bit, but we also discussed what he's doing now in that he's going back to school for psychology. Uh, in neuroscience. um, And he's also a real estate investor. So we, we got an opportunity to dive deep into some of the stuff that he's learning now about, you know, the brain and about productivity from that standpoint, which was very intriguing. And we were able to tie that into real estate investing, how some of those skills um, that he's learning now, as well as some of the skills he learned as a professional athlete have prepared him for the world of real estate investing so many pieces of information from this guy that you can take away a lot of conceptual talk that'll help you understand what it means to be a real estate investor. I truly enjoyed this episode and I know you will too. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of multifamily by the slice. I'm your host, Ike Eke. Dre won't be joining us today. He's got some other things he's dealing with right now, but we are excited nonetheless because we have the Julius Thomas on the show with us, and we're going to be talking a bit of real estate. We're going to be talking a bit of psychology. I know you're in school right now, so that'll be interesting to talk about as well. And I'm Mm -hmm. very, very excited to have you on the show. So before we get into it, let me give the the audience a bit of your bio so they can understand who you are for those that don't already, already know who you are, and then we'll get right into it. All right, so Julius Thomas is an elite athlete, speaker, performance coach, real estate investor, and researcher. He was an NCAA Division I basketball athlete with two NCAA tournament appearances and played seven years in the NFL with two Pro Bowl selections as well. Currently, Julius is pursuing his doctorate in clinical health psychology at Nova Southeastern University, He speaks for groups and organizations on topics in leadership, mastery development, wellness, and performance. He owns several multifamily real estate properties in the South Florida area. A mental performance coach for high-performance individuals, Julius has uh, authored articles which have appeared in several academic publications. He is also an advisory board member for the Society of Neurosports and a football player health study at Harvard. His passion is helping others reach their individual peak personally and professionally. And if you guys don't know by now, this man has done a lot, uh, more than I could even say clearly. I'll throw it to you and let you sort of fill us in on, you know, your prior to your career, during your career, after your career, what you did and, and what you'd like to share with our audience.
1: Thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me on when you reached out. You know, I had to say yes, because it's always a great opportunity to get to, to talk and just be able to have a conversation, especially about so many topics that are important to me. You know, starting off with a lot of the things I'm doing now, which is going to school and uh, being a student in psychology and also being a real estate investor, which I think is Two very different hats, but um, I guess we'll probably talk a little bit more about how they can work together and and just how open it is when you're in the real estate space. How you can do multiple things; it doesn't have to be the only thing you do. I mean, what can I say, man? I've been blessed. You know, the experiences I've been able to have are really what means so much to me in life. Uh, You talked about being able to play an NCAA tournament twice, play in the NFL. It's like those are those things that every kid dreamed about doing. To be able to do those, you know, I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude for that. And a lot of that is what led me to what I'm doing now. It's uh, how can I help people? What what can I do to help people reach their own success? I guess I kind of hit this point in my life where I decided it feels a little bit better to help other people be successful than to continually just spend most of my time trying to find my own. And it's not to say that I still don't look for things to be successful or look for opportunities to push myself. Because clearly I spend a lot of time doing that as well, but it really means a lot to me to be able to sit with people and do what I can to help.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And you know, something I pull away from that. And also what I I heard when you were speaking to Jake and Gino is that you're looking to really help other people. And a lot of the mentors that I have inside and outside of real estate, they've told me the same thing. And that's this true success is not, you know, how much money you've accumulated over a lifetime or how many possessions you, you have over a lifetime. It's really how many lives you've changed in your lifetime. And a colleague of mine, whose podcast I went on, one of the questions he asked is, you know, at your funeral, how do you want people to, you know, describe what you did in your life? And nobody's going to say, oh man, this guy, he he had a billion dollars. He was, he was so great. They're going to, they're going to, you know, discuss how you affected them at some point in your life. So you know, what you just said really resonates with, and the ability for you to, you know, post athletic career, you know, find a, a new goal to achieve in helping others is really cool. And so let's get into it. Let's talk about what you're studying, what you plan to do with it and how you know that's going to affect change in your circle.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, I, a lot of times I think to myself, what's life going to be like when you're that old guy sitting in the rocking chair? And, you know, we probably won't be sitting in rocket chairs when we get older, but it's just that image. You know, so much of life is about visualization and being able to see yourself in any particular space. And for me, it's when I'm old. Do I want to sit in an office and look at the awards that I have on the wall? Or do I want to be talking to people that I've helped? Do I want to be engaging with, with others and hearing about what they do, hearing about what we can do to help them? Become the best versions of themselves. And that is something that I truly, truly enjoy. And it gives me a lot of meaning and purpose. So I guess that's kind of what led me to go back to school. Throughout my time playing professional sports, one thing I clearly learned was money is not going to make people happy. And I seem and had the privilege to live and be around some of the most successful, wealthy people in the world. And it didn't stop the problems from coming. And because of that, I would always tell myself, man, somebody should help. Somebody should be here to give them some advice. Like, Where are the people that are going to help, help these guys out? And then after a while, you start telling yourself, man, maybe you should do it. How many times <laughs> are you going to keep saying somebody should, somebody should? I always try to encourage people, man, that thing that you're pointing out that other people should be doing to make the world a better place. No, that's your calling. No, that's your responsibility. That's how you help everyone around make this world better. And it was a big commitment to go back to school and to work on getting a doctorate. Sometimes I kind of kick myself and I think, hey, were you really sure you wanted to spend time doing something that would take seven years? Yeah. <laughs> and the answer is probably no. But for me, life comes down to taking big challenges. When I got out of the league, I, I told myself, well, what do you do from here? You're 30 years old and you're quasi retired. Um, what's life going to be for you? And I told, i said, like, it's got to be taken on a big challenge. It has to be something that pushes me further than where I've gone so far. And it would have been difficult to do that athletically. And I think i would kind of already wrung that towel or squeezed that orange, um, but I wanted to push myself mentally and emotionally. Where was I going to go to learn how to make sense of what happens on the inside? And then how can I use that knowledge to help others? And then from there, I also got really interested in neuroscience And so a lot of those academic publications and a lot of things I do in neuroscience really help push me mentally and help me learn more about the human being, right? We get to learn about the mind and behavior, which is psychology, but neuroscience teaches us about the nervous system, central nervous system, the peripheral nervous system, um, why what we eat, sleep, how we exercise, stress, why it all matters and how it keeps us healthy. And um, through that, I've started a company, it's called Mastery Development. Uh, So that's how I do a lot of the speaking and a lot of the performance coaching because I wanna help other people reach their peak. And that's what I refer to um, when you've maximized your performance and your health and wellness. Like if you just have great performance, that's like that train going 120 miles an hour with some bad wheels, it's gonna hit something and crash eventually. And that's what I've seen from so many individuals, unfortunately, too many. And I thought, well, if I'm going to help people, and I love performances in my life, I also got to help people understand what it takes to be healthy. So mentally, physically, and emotionally.
0: Interesting. And, you know, that, that really leads me to a thought that, again, a lot of what I learned is borrowed. Like, it's all mentors, it's all networking, it's all people like you, quite frankly. And, you know, one thing that I've always heard is that the things that you become successful at are things that you're tracking. And I'm sure, you know, being an athlete, you track a lot of things physically throughout your career to make sure, okay, I'm doing this well, you know, right now, how can I get to the next level? Myself, Mm -hmm. you know, I work in the investment management space and that's all numbers. So it's very easy to get data, it's very easy to track that data and it's very easy to see the trajectory um, by which you're growing. And you know better than me in this regard, but neurology is a science, of, of the brain. And the brain is one thing that we don't really understand that well so far as, as a society. So I'm mm-hmm. um, the question I have for you is, are there things you're learning that are helping you track some of the psychological metrics, I guess you can say for lack of better words, in the space that you're learning right now that will help you and guide you in helping others?
1: Yeah. So like you say, like the brain or the nervous system, uh, we have so much to learn about it, mm-hmm. right? Even though we're getting hundreds of studies done by the day and you can't even keep up with it if you wanted to there's no way you can read the entire literature of neuroscience but there's an ancient system and it's very intuitive and it's the emotion system and that's how you track kind of the overall experience of your life and oftentimes i teach and i talk to people whether it's when i'm you know training and i'm in a hospital and i tell somebody you know if you've been feeling an emotion of Sadness, anger, or fear—I mean, day in and day out—and it's getting heavier and it's getting heavier. That's a sign. That's a sign that there's something in your life that either is going on that you need to change. But it's also a sign that this is going to lead you towards one of those things that we're all trying to avoid, and that's um, chronic illness, anxiety, depression, heart disease. These things they stack up on you. Yep. So I often um, try to really encourage people, especially men. You know, it's hard. There was a point in my life when if you want to talk about emotion, I'm leaving the room. And it's still hard to try to to get people to engage in that conversation. But once we start paying attention to how we feel, we have a much better opportunity to be healthy and to be happy. And I think that that's that's really so much about um, life and whatever I can do to continue to push that message forward of uh, let's understand emotion. Let's stop putting them off to the shelf and only looking at the physical and the mental. Let's look at that emotion too, because it's given us a lot of information about what's happening inside.
0: Man, I feel like we could, we could probably wrap on this all day, but I do want to, and because this is a real estate show, I do want to tie in some real estate pieces to it. And the way I would make that transition is to say, you know, a lot of people invest in real estate because, you know, they want the the recurring cash flow, They, they want that passive income, but you know, What you start to realize when you are in this for a long enough time is that what you're doing is you're buying back your time in that you're giving yourself the ability to, you know, have either passive or semi-passive cash flow that will take care of your, your basic needs. And with the remainder of your energy and time, you can pursue other, other goals. And it seems like that's sort of what you're doing with your studies and some of the stuff that you're, you're learning in school. And it seems like real estate is giving you the ability, the time back to yourself so you can pursue these other things. And so my, my question to you is, how did you find real estate investing as a vehicle to create wealth for yourself and, in effect, create time for yourself? What, what was your inception in real estate investing?
1: You no, know, so it's actually interesting. You're so right. Real estate gives you this flexibility, right? And, that, and that's either it's time or it's extra income or whatever it is. And I think what's also really cool about real estate is you get to be in charge. Yep. How many other things are we doing in life when like, we got to go to work? We should do what somebody said. I mean, even if you're an NFL football player, it's like, that's coach, that's coach. Uh, you go do what they say. But I think what really got me interested and um, building a real estate portfolio was a, just spending a lot of time um, reflecting and then also talking with my girlfriend. Um, we actually uh, have a two-and-a-half-year-old son together, and we would always talk about, because we both are college educated, man, remember those kids that you would sit next to in class, and you're just sitting there looking through books, or you know, you're looking around, and you're trying to figure out, what am I going to do with this degree? And then there's that kid next to you, it's like, oh, I already know what I'm going to do with my degree. My, my dad has this company or my uncle has this company and I'm here to learn this so that I can go do that. And I would always be really intrigued by that. And I thought, man, that's amazing. That's amazing that somebody's parents put the time in and built something. So now that this student, this friend, this peer of mine um, can go into college in the direction. So when we would sit down, we would say, hey, how do we create a business that we can leave to our kid or our kids in the future? Like, how amazing would that be for me to now have an opportunity so that when my son is in college, he's like, I already know what I'm going to school for. I'm I'm going to learn real estate law because, you know, my dad and my mom, they they have this company and they're able to um, kind of give me this uh, direct path towards a profession and one that he can use, like to do all those things that you mentioned, you know, create flexibility to be able to buy his time back so that he's able to have the life he wants and not have to, you know, punch the clock.
0: That's what it's all about. I know a lot of people, their hope and dream is to build this giant portfolio and say, okay, son or daughter, like I've built this for you. You don't have to start from scratch and you can either build on this or you can use it as a means to support yourself while you do what you want to do. It creates that freedom that we all we all seek. That's the American dream, I guess you would say, right? And Absolutely. and yeah. And it takes me to a place where it seems like what you were able to experience in the NFL sort of catapults you to the level by which you can choose. OK, I want to get into real estate. I want to go back to school. The real estate holdings sort of solidify that level where, look, humans have been on Earth for how many thousands of years and we've mm-hmm. all we've always needed somewhere to live. So it's one of the safest investments because of that, if in its most elementary state without adding all of the value add or, or, you know, multifamily versus single family, all that stuff, everyone needs a roof over their head. So if you can provide that, provide that value for society, then you're rewarded again with your time back. And so that idea is, I think, what we as real estate investors take and bring to the next level. And so, I'm interested in sort of the mechanics of your real estate business. Are you partnering with people? Are you raising capital? What role do you play um, on the, in the day to day and the strategy of your business?
1: Oh, that's a great question.
0: Obviously, because in
1: school, and I also have another business that I'm uh, trying to do that it gets me. You know, it's my passion project. Um, definitely doesn't pay the bills the way the real estate portfolio does, but. Mainly what I do is try and drive drive our company, right? It's like, what properties should we be looking at? Are we looking for 10 units? Are we looking for 30 units? Where in the country are we going to look for that? How do I kind of take the 30,000 foot view and see if everything is all coming together? Who's the property managers in the area? Who will do the lending Um, and and kind of trying to see it from there. And then my girlfriend, she actually is like the one that's dialed in. And she, we like to say, like, she zooms in and I zoom out. And she's making sure, uh, I I generally say, you know, she's the one that does the majority of the managing of the assets. A lot of the communication, talking with the property managers, going through the spreadsheets every, I'm sure every day, and, and just trying to make sure that, each property. And I guess the way that that I look at it, and I would say to some degree, we look at it, is owning a real estate portfolio is like farming. So you get this plot of land. And on that plot of land are are properties, um, 10 unit, uh, four unit, three unit, and those are like trees. And you want to take as best care of those trees as you can for the people that are living in the trees, but also because We're going to be long-term investors. Like We like to, to hold onto these properties. And then if you take really good care of your land and you have really good trees, then each month, each year, they're going to just drop fruit. And that's when you have to come collect the fruit. And if you do that consistently year in and year out, what you'll see is the trees start to get bigger. You start to be able to collect more fruit. You start to get good at these systems And then it allows you to get more properties and allows you to have more little parcels of land where you do your real estate farm, because I like to look (laughs) at it. And so that's really, you know, our mindset. And then it's how do I teach my children how to real estate farm per se in this manner so that they can continue to do that. And if you pour into it and you're a diligent owner, it's going to pour back out.
0: I love that analogy. And I can't believe I haven't heard it before. I'm, I'm, did you just make that up on the fly or is that something you learned from somebody or?
1: No, no, I didn't make it up
0: on the fly, but that's
1: that's how uh, my girlfriend and I, we talk about it. Yeah. And I'm like, look, let's just keep this mindset. And it kind of keeps it simple. I mean, obviously there's so many numbers and there's a lot of technical aspects um, involved, but if you can think about it like that, I think it works for anybody, whether you're saying, I'm gonna start with a property with two units, I'm gonna start with a duplex, mm-hmm. or I wanna have a thousand units. Either way, you're, you're kind of like a farmer in my mind.
0: Yeah. No, I, I love it because conceptually, it really makes the, the strategy and the thesis very simple. Because everybody can understand going out, you know, farming, tending to the land, planting seeds, making sure you're pruning your trees so they, they get the, the right amount of sun, getting the mm-hmm. weeds out of the way, and then ultimately collecting fruit. And the tree's still there. The real estate is still there. You can still always go back and collect the fruit. So that analogy is, is, it's almost like something you put in a children's book so they can understand how to invest in real estate, right? So no, that's great. I love it. So learn a little bit more about, again, your guys' business. Are you guys planning on, you know, expanding to thousands of units or do you plan on building? What's the investment strategy for you guys? Great question. Um, It's actually pretty funny. When we started in,
1: the late summer of 2020, we had a goal. It was to get 50 units in five years. And we thought that that was like a good goal. We just sat down and were like, all right, this is where we're going to start. <laughs> and then a year later, we had already got to 51 units. Wow! And then we went, okay, well, maybe we should kind of adjust our goals a little bit. Um, so I wouldn't say we have a hard and fast number of how many units we want to have at a certain period of time, but we've really enjoyed the multifamily and commercial multifamily space. And we want to continue growing that portfolio. Developing would be amazing. I actually wanted to start developing before we started buying, I would say, uh, apartment complex type commercial properties, but it was really hard. We live here in South Florida and there's not a lot of land. Yeah, And <laughs> then you had to start running down the zoning and you start to see, well, there's not, even though there's not a lot, there's even less land, it's zoned. Appropriately enough to be able to build on. So, would we like to develop? Absolutely. I think that that would create its own unique, exciting aspect. Um, but, you know, maybe we will, maybe not. But currently, right now, our model has been to find uh, Class B, Class C plus type properties here locally in South Florida and take over ownership, try and add value where we can make sure that we have the right systems in place. And when I say we have the right systems in place, uh, we work with a great property management company and they have the majority of all the systems. But for us, it's about how do we have a good relationship with the property management company, the individuals that work there? Like, Who are we going to be as professionals in the space? So a lot of it for us is about the kind of character we have. How are we going to treat people no matter where they are in their professional journey, their career? what issues come up with tenants, how do we treat them? Do we treat them as humans and understand that, you know, this is where they live. And so we're always trying to let kind of our values guide our business, uh, the way we operate our business. And I think that that's really helped us feel very aligned with what we're doing.
0: Yeah. You know, there, there's a book that I'm I'm reading right now. It's, it's called Who Not How. And it's all about, finding people to place in the right space in your business, as opposed to doing everything yourself. And so when you just mentioned, you know, we have the property manager that we trust to to run our properties, they have systems in place, they have personnel. That's the exemplary, you know, example of using the idea of who not how. And, you know, that's something that I'm trying to employ in my own business. And I think it's very useful for others that are starting small businesses to look for who can fill a role and be an expert of a piece of your v- business. So you can use your time to work on the business and grow it. And so before we get to the next round, the question I wanted to ask you in that vein is who was the first person or, you know, first real estate professional that you came in contact with when you're, when you're buying that first deal?
1: Yeah. So, um, It's actually funny because my girlfriend, she got her real estate license in the beginning of the month before we started investing. So she started off with, she was the agent on the deal. She managed the tenants and she handled all the renovations that needed to have. So she was like the the one woman uh, show. And then when we bought our next property, which was a quad, you started to see that she was like, this is a lot. Everything is coming from every angle. And uh, here I am, the 30,000 foot view, coming home from school, being like, hey, how's things going? How's it looking? Hey, how are we going to grow? And we realized really soon that we were going to have to outsource a lot of help if we wanted to scale. And that's when we met a property manager. And one thing I'm obviously as somebody uh, training to be a psychologist. I'm fanatic about people. Who are these people that we're going to work with? We meet down when we sit down with a person. How do you identify if they're going to be a right fit? How do you identify if this is the person that you can trust to put in charge of your assets when you're not looking? And a lot of these <laughs> skills um, of selecting I learned throughout life, and and that's kind of my my role is to make sure that these people are um, the right the right people to be aligned with and. So from from property manager, but we also have a real estate attorney uh, who does a great job of making sure that there's nothing in there that create an issue later down the road. So it, the way our our model is and the size of our portfolio, we really have to rely and depend on a lot of other great professionals in the area. But we think we have a really great team and um, we're excited about what we'll be able to continue
0: to do growing in the future. It's all about building a network. It's all about building a team. You know, I mean, you, you know better than most, you know, coming from a football background, that's the ultimate team sport. Like you, you have yep. to have, you have to play your part and, you know, execute on your piece and, and trust that your teammates to do the same. So I I totally agree. Totally agree. All right. So moving on to the legacy round, and this is a round where it's an open forum for you to talk about your favorite acquisition that changed the tra- trajectory of your business, practical tips on how to grow your portfolio or how to build your investor network or just network in general. So I'll leave it to you if you want to talk about a deal or talk about some tips that you have for the audience. Go ahead. Yeah, no,
1: I think the the biggest thing is never getting too caught up in where you are in the moment. Maybe for everybody it's different, but for us, it's, it's always about handling what we're doing now really well, but always keeping an eye to the next move, especially in the market the way it is now. There's not a ton of inventory and the inventory that's out there is going fast. The prices, uh, everything is so dynamic and it's changing all the time. So for me, um, one responsibility I put a lot on myself is how do I look forward? And what are those things that those right opportunities? It's kind of like sports. And I draw a lot of parallels from that because that's what I know really well. And I always say, hey, we're, we can't wish that we could determine the defense. Right. A lot of times you look at the market and you go, well, I, I wish prices were lower. I wish the agents weren't like this. And it's like, hey, that doesn't matter. That's uncontrollable. Let's try to make the next play be a good play. And if you can make a good play over and over and over, you'll march the the ball down the field and you'll score. So um, that's something that that we really try to look to do. Like, Where do we find that next good play? For us, well, number one, being able to admit we were extremely fortunate to be in a position to be able to go from a quad to a 44-unit apartment complex. But that was also one of the scariest decisions I ever made in my life. So I, I really want people to know that there is fear involved with investing in real estate, not because it's impossible to do and you're gonna lose all your money, but because whenever you're taking steps to do something you haven't done before, fear is gonna be there. Yep. And when you feel that fear, take a second, like you know, lean in, pay attention to some of those uh, those thoughts that come up because they may be worth exploring, but then check it off. Right. Check off what are my risks in this deal. I look at the deal first. I go, okay, what what could go really wrong? We could make this be something that it hurts us. And then once you check that off, you go, okay, well, we've got kind of our bases covered. Um, what's the next thing we do? Okay, start looking at what this deal is going to be able to do for you in the future. And then if you go, okay, it, it's okay there, right? Sometimes it's not perfect, right? We see some deals, and sometimes we get down to three or four properties, and none of them look great. None of them look like we're going to throw a 90-yard bomb to Tyreek Hill from the 10-yard line. <laughs> like, sometimes it's just how do you complete that pass over the middle? Yeah. How do you get good solid run play that, that bounces for 10 to 15? Because you're always learning and growing. And I always tell her our worst deals are always going to be the ones we did first, not Absolutely. because we suck. But <laughs> everyone takes time to get better and experience happens. So yeah, I think it's really important to, try and execute as great as you can on what you're doing now. And then be forward thinking a little bit so that you can be adjusting to the market. Because if you go five months without seeing what's happening in the market and you start looking around again, uh, it'll look vastly different.
0: Yeah, And, you know, to keeping with, with the football theme, another saying that I hear is that real estate and honestly, any small business in general, once you've identified what's your, your strategy is, it's just blocking and tackling. Like it's not it's not always going to be these big giant bombs down the field, you know, where, where you see all the, everybody's cheering and, and and everybody's having a great time. A lot of times it's going to be a lot of boring blocking and tackling, block, just making, your, marching your way down the field until you get to the end zone. So, you know, it may seem flashy to some, but for the majority of time, you're just making sure that everything is going correctly. You're dotting your I's are crossing your T's and you're building your portfolio slowly, but surely, right? Absolutely. It takes so much discipline,
1: but that's one of the things that I love about it, right? I love discipline. I'm so used to being in this state of when you wake up in the morning, what are the things you're supposed to do? It's the same way when you own a property. What are the things that are going on with that property and how are you making sure that you're ready for um, not knowing what's going to happen because this is life. Everything surprises you, but when it does happen, are you on it? Do you see those little signs that, hmm, Maybe it's time to put some money and into that property because this little thing happened here, this little thing happened there. All right, like, let's shore this up, right? Because for us, like we want to buy and hold, so like we're in this for a long time. Like let's take care of this property as if it was ours. Let's take care of this property as if that roof over their head was the roof over our head. And if we do that, we know that all those properties out there, they're gonna, in a sense. Um, those will be healthy properties. These are going to be properties that are going to have, you know, your normal maintenance, but they're not going to have these big maintenance things because, you know, you didn't want to pay that, that month to avoid, you know, losing that cash flow. Um, sometimes it might have to take a negative month to do that new roof. Yep. But if you don't do that new roof and you wait a couple months, now you can have a big thing happen. So um, I learned early on from buying houses just for myself and being a homeowner like, i don't play with water like anytime anything about water comes across <laughs> my phone my email oh, i'm like let's get on it yeah because water it erodes it deteriorates wood foundation walls like anything water related i'm like let's get a fix we have to yeah and then that's what you say right it's like that's the blocking and tackle that's the knowing like oh yep this is part of what comes with this business and since you have some experience, you know all right, let's, let's take
0: care of this and get it done. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. great advice, great advice. All right, so moving on to the last section uh, the Giordano round and Dre says it's better than me, but I'll give it a shot. It's Giordano's it's a pizza place out in Chicago deep dish pizza. and the slices are big, they're meaty, they're hearty and just about one will fill you up but usually usually they do. And so the idea of this round is to give you four slices of knowledge here from Julius so that you can go home with, you know, a full belly of information. And so I'll start with the first question. You're on top of the highest mountain in the world. These are your last words before you die. What would you scream out to the world and want them to remember you by?
1: What? I say it all the time. (laughs) Work. Work. Just be a person that's okay with work. Love it. Your life is going to fundamentally change when you say, no, I'm about work. I'm going to show up every day to work, not the shortcut, not the corner. And I I just want life to know that I kept giving it my all every day. And then when I'm out of here, I'll slide
0: into the grave on E. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Next question. If there was one slice of wisdom you wish you knew when you got started or advice you could pass on to others, what would it be? You can learn from everybody. In
1: any situation, at all times. Like I wish that I, you know, we're all high schoolers, and we start thinking, like, I got it. Don't tell me that. Yeah, man, lean on experience. Lean on experience. Every chance I get now, I lean on that experience. I'm more humble than I've ever been in my life because, man, somebody's better or something than me. That give it to me. They'll they'll literally give you their skill set. Like, so lean on experience, and I think that'll be life changing as well.
0: Love it. Love it. you know they say the the smarter you get, the more you realize you don't know. Um, yep. So I I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that in you. All right, next question. Vocab. What are your favorite or three most critical real estate terms multifamily investors should know and why? Yeah, I think for
1: me, um, because of the role I have,
0: um, I'm always thinking about the DSCR
1: because I'm always thinking, is the is the lender going to be able to finance this? Does <laughs> it matter if I like it? Does it doesn't matter what's going on? I, I got to get this finance. So always thinking about the DSCR. I'm always thinking about um, net cash flow per door. Net cash flow per door. What are you going to actually make on this investment per door at the at the end of every month? And that's going to let you know whether it's a go or it's a no for you, um, based on whatever parameters you have. And um, I think the third investing term for me is uh, new markets. Like I'm not going to just limit myself to looking at these same four walls all the time. like I, new markets for me but that's kind of where i am i'm always thinking somebody out there in the country is getting a better deal on properties where <laughs> and how do i become a part of that
0: i love it i love it man all right last one and then we'll wrap it up education is critical in this business what books, apps, or mastermind groups would you recommend listeners immerse themselves in?
1: Man, that's a that's a great question. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that I've learned a lot. Like I gotta shout out my guys, Jake and Gino. I'm checking out their podcast, Bigger Pockets Podcast. Um, I actually haven't read too many books, but one thing I think is a phenomenal thing to do is comb the internet. <laughs> and I mean literally comb the internet. Go to every business website, um, Business Insider, read every article you can because there's ideas there. There's things that other investors are doing and they're finding success and they're getting the praise for that success. So never stop consuming information and Google works great. Like it helps me all the time and I don't have a ton of time. It takes 10 minutes to read an article. It takes 10 minutes to go check LoopNet, see what's out there, Yeah. correct Always constantly be reading something, listening to something,
0: because that's where your ideas are going to happen. And that's also when it's going to help you avoid some mistakes. To your point, you know, when I went to grad school, I feel like what I really learned in grad school was how to learn. Not necessarily the content, you know, whether it's accounting or finance or what have you. I really learned to be resourceful and synthesize a lot of information in a little bit of time. And I think yep. that's what you're alluding to in that you just comb the internet, learn how to learn because at some point you're gonna to get to something that's so niche that you're gonna to have to really piece things together to solve your problem. So learning how to learn um, is, is is key, it's key. Yeah, or you might find a niche that's just so
1: suited for you, right? Like, it's just like in anything in life. Not every investor has your ability, your talent, your flexibility. So you might find yourself in a space when like the stars aligned and it's like, wow, I can really kill it here for a while. And that's what I think every investor is hoping to find. And you use those other people as um, little uh,
0: checkpoints along the way. So you find your spot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Julius, thank you so much for your time. You know, you really dropped a lot of information here that I think people are going to really understand. And some of the conceptual ideas that we discussed are going to be you know, paramount and people understanding what it means to be a real estate investor and how to break into this industry. So before we go, I just want to ask you, what's the best way for listeners and people that are interested in learning more about you to get in touch with you?
1: I have an Instagram page, uh, Julius underscore Thomas. I have a LinkedIn. Reach out to me there. It's just Julius Thomas. And I should be having a, a website going up sometime this spring to start doing a lot of more Having to display more of my teaching on performance, on how to teach anybody, how to go from where they at, where they're at right now, to becoming wherever they want, or becoming whoever, and getting to wherever they want to go. So there will be a lot of stuff there on wellness, master leadership. So that should be coming out sometime this
0: spring. So there you have it, folks. Thanks again, man. That was a great chat with you, and I'm I'm excited to see what you work on in the future. Thanks, man. I appreciate you uh, having me on, and we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Multifamily by The Slice podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Lastly, check out the show notes for links to topics discussed, as well as website and social media links for Dre, Ike, and our guest. See you next week.